Hello, you're listening to the Osana Houston podcast. Osana Houston is a church for all people transforming lives through love and generosity. Here, we revisit Sunday sermons from Pastor Edwin Guerra. I'd like to start today by saying the following, and I think most of you might know this or know this for sure, but most men and women of God are not great. Or let me say it like this. There are no great men of God, and there are no great women of God. There has never been any great men or women of God at all. There's only small, weak, fragile and in great need of a great, merciful, gracious, loving God people. There's only been that always, and it's always going to be only that. We have the tendency to think sometimes too much of people, of men and women of God. And only those, and if, even if some of those people have walked with God, it is only because the grace of God has allowed them to walk with God. I pray with all my heart that today we can all see that we know that God is the giver of all things. And when someone even gets a glimpse of walking with God for a little bit or, or in, in, a, in such a way, that it is only because God makes it possible through his mercy. It is not because of our effort. It is because he is good to us. There's been plenty of people around the world and through church history that have been a whole lot more noble than we have. A whole lot more spiritual than we have. A whole lot more loving than we have. And I dare say that today we have more information than ever before. We have the scriptures available to us in many ways. We have his presence. We have his Holy Spirit available and accessible to us more than any other time in history. We have the truth of the gospel revealed to us more than any time. The scripture is available to us. His spirit is available to us. And he is here, and it is here to help us live out our lives. Now, one of the things that I believe that the church and the world is suffering today is the lack of word of God in our lives. There is too much of a superficial idea of the gospel in general, if you ask someone what is the gospel and want to have a decent conversation with somebody about it, most Christians have a hard time explaining what that is. And I'm here today to tell you that we, as followers of Jesus, need to understand that we are privileged and honored people to have access to his throne through what he did on the cross. There is, Jesus is available 
for you, the creator of all things, is available for you to get to know him. In the last days, and the Apostle Paul says it best, and we'll read right now in 2 Timothy, if you want to start going to your Bible. In the last days, the Bible says that men and women will have learned to love themselves more than to love God and are way more comfortable loving themselves than loving God himself. Lovers of a lifestyle, more than lovers of the gospel itself. And this is what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the first, verse 1 and 2, if you want to read with me. Verse 1 says this, 2 Timothy 3, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, he said, there will be very difficult times. Verse 2, for people will love only themselves, and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Jump to verse 5 right there where we are, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. Verse 5 says this, they will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And it finished the verse by saying, stay away from people like that. What is that power that people are rejecting that could make them more godly? What is it that God has made available to us that has the power to change everything in your life and in my life? What is it? Scripture. It's Scripture. This is what's been available, and this is what's been rejected. This is why the power that could change us is not changing us. Because not only in the church, but outside of the church, the word of God is being rejected in the lives of everyone. So let's ask a few questions. Who am I? Ask yourself, who am I? And I'll try to answer a little bit with what God says that you and I are. When we ask ourselves, who am I? God tells us that we are the crowning glory of God's creation. This means we were created to live a life according to the way God wants us to live and act. All right, so look at the book of Genesis. Let's go all the way to the beginning. Chapter 1, we'll read two of the verses there, 26 and 27. It says, Genesis 1, 26, 27. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. 
They will reign over the fish of the sea. This is what God intended us to be doing, right? As people, he creates us, and this is what he calls us to be doing. The birds of the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals to scurry along the ground, that scurry along the ground. Verse 27, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. You see, being made in God's image and reflecting his holiness should be our ultimate aim. The goal of your life, the goal of my life should be to reflect Jesus, to reflect God to anyone that we meet. We were created for so much more than just to exist. We are not the solution to this world. Jesus is the solution to this world. His word is the solution to this world. Again, it won't get any better out there. It's only going to get worse. And the solution to a problem that is increasing is Christ being in us. His word alive in you is the answer to a world that is lost. Amen? This is what we need. We don't need more programs for families. We don't need more programs for kids. We don't need more this or that for the church to do this or that. We need more Jesus and each and every one of us for the solution to begin to have results in the lives of people that we meet. Jesus is the answer. Let's ask another question. What is authentic faith? What is it to have authentic faith that I believe in Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross? What does that look like, authentic faith, the confidence and the assurance of things that are not yet seen? But you you are sure that what God has done is sufficient in your life. I want to say it this way. It's it's taking God at his word. Authentic, Authentic faith is taking God at his word. That means I believe him. I don't question what he said. I believe him. Living in obedience, whatever the cost is. Because you know down deep in the, the most inner being of your bones that God will always do what he says he will do. Lack of faith and authentic faith means that we just don't know Jesus well enough. When we know the substance of our faith correctly, There is no doubt in what he says in our lives. And we can walk in the midst of trial, in the midst of difficulties, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through, in the midst of the world falling apart. 
You can stand firm in his truths because you don't doubt that what he said is true. I'll continue asking another question. Why am I here? You are here to bring God honor and glory to his name. This is why we exist, to bring God glory and honor. This is what we are called to do. Please, church, you are so much more than what you think you are. We are so much more in God's eyes than what we think we are. God himself calls us ambassadors of Jesus Christ, representatives on earth of him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21 says this, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us, it says. We speak for Christ when we plea, come back to God. For God made, verse 21 Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Please see the value that has been placed on your life by God. He loves you more than anything. He is a just and righteous God that gave his son for you. Let me ask another question. What is wrong with the world? What is wrong with the world? Me. I'm what's wrong with the world. People like me, people like you are what's wrong with the world because we have not understood that we need to have Jesus be the supreme being of our lives and that, that overtakes everything in our lives and we try to place ourselves as the supreme beings in our own life. So therefore now I am priority instead of God being priority. What is the problem with the world is that we don't see our sin. We see someone else's sin, but we don't see our own sin. We point the finger, but we don't look in the mirror. We are the problem. Without seeing our own sin, we will never know how much we need of Jesus. Because there will always be someone else to compare ourselves to. Oh, I'm not that bad. I'm not like that group. I'm not like these people. I'm not like that person. We will always see an excuse or a way out because we don't see that we are the problem. And no one out there, or sadly, even no one in the, in the church is really seeking God the way we should. No one is repenting of their sins daily because we don't think of our sins daily. 
The Apostle Paul drove this point home in Romans 3 over and over and over, saying to us, see your sin. Because without seeing the state in which you find yourself in, you will not see the need for a Savior. Please read Romans 3 at home. I'm not going to read it here today with you, but we will read Romans 6. So if you have your Bible or read up there, Romans 6, we're going to read a couple of verses. Verses 12, 13, and 14. Verse 12 says, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Verse 13, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead. It doesn't say, oh, you have a little, you have a few issues. It says, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Verse 14, sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. And please do not confuse the freedom of God's grace with I get to do whatever I want. But it means that I love God's loss more than ever. Because it shows me how bad I am and how good he is. And that drives me to a life that is searching to live it like he calls me to live it. Not perfect, because we cannot. But through Christ, I can get up from my failures and say, today will be better than yesterday. My tomorrow is not guaranteed, but my today can honor God. Listen, everyone loves the person that stands on a pulpit and smiles and tells you God loves you. Don't worry, you're all right. Everyone wants to hear that because everyone wants to clap that they're not that bad. Everyone loves the person that tells you, tells you, yay, you. But no one wants to hear that they are the problem. That sin in our lives is a problem. And that if we do not repent from our sins, eternity is at stake. Everyone 
And that this message may start at condemnation. It needs to start there so that we can repent. Because unless we see that we are condemned without repentance, then we don't see the need for a Savior. So to be saved, I have to see that I am the problem. And that my sin needs to die daily. Daily. I am in the process of sanctification. I am not sanctified completely. I am in the process of sanctification. And that only can happen by me spending time in the word of God. By me spending time in the presence of God. By me living out his will, not mine. Because of original sin, we have a fallen nature that needs forgiveness. Psalm 51 says this. This is what the psalmist said. David, verse 3 to 5, he said this. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Who of us here sits around thinking, I have sinned against God and only against God? Who here can say things like, it haunts me that I am sinning against God. It breaks my heart. Very few, if any of us, are doing that. Verse 4, against you and you alone I have sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is just. We deserve the worst. Verse 5, for I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. So how do we know we are his? How do we know we belong to him? How are we sure that we are on the right side? That we belong to him. John chapter 8 helps us understand this. Don't worry, I'm almost done. John chapter 8 verse 31 and 32 says this. Jesus said to the people, who believed in him. So this is Jesus speaking to those who believe in him. You are truly my disciples. If you remain faithful to my teachings. I'll read that again. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Listen to what else Jesus said. Verse 47 of John 8. Anyone who belongs to God listens to the words of, listens gladly to the words of God. And it ends by saying, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. If you belong to him, you will gladly hear his word and his spirit knocking at your heart and saying, this is for you. This is an opportunity 
to lay down everything and make him the supreme person in your life that is overtaking you, that lords over your life. We cannot want just salvation and not want God's lordship over our lives. It doesn't work that way. We cannot just have the benefits of God and not want to surrender our lives to him. We're lying to ourselves if we think that is what a Christian is. I'll conclude with this. We need more gospel. We need more truth. We need more Jesus. We need more word. We need more God. First John chapter 2, first six verses says this, and I'll finish with this. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. Verse 3, and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If anyone claims, I know God, but does not obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. I pray that we all take the time. And this is not about you. Please, I, I want to say this correctly. Just taking a 30-second moment and, and, and having this prayer. To say, I'm sorry, God. But this is you examining every aspect of your life. And being honest and saying, what are the areas of my life that need to completely surrender? And start with one. And say, Jesus, I give you this area of my life. Because in my weakness, you are my strength. And you begin to declare the promises of God. And you not only declare them, but you live by them because you believe God. Thank you so much for listening to the Osana Houston podcast. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to email us at info at osanahouston.org. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Osana Houston. If you would like to donate, visit our website, osanahouston.org.